You know, last week we uh, were talking about humility, about being transparent, walking in the light. You know, another part of humility is recognizing that we're not God. I'm not self-sufficient. I'm not as smart as God. Though sometimes we like to think we are. He knows a whole lot more than we do. Uh, But that was the original temptation, wasn't it? That you would be like God. Knowing good and evil. There's something inherent in our nature that we want to decide what's right and wrong. We want to pick and choose the parts we like and ignore the parts we don't like. In our culture, we champion that. It's called radical individualism. I'm in charge of me. I determine what's, in fact, now I can even determine what's true. Just keep that in mind for later. Obviously, the world is in a mess. There's war, division, hurt, all kinds of stuff. I'm aware of that, but that's not my focus this morning. Matthew 24 tells us that that's what it's gonna be like in these last days, right? Let me tell you, it's not gonna get better until Jesus returns. And so let's not get focused on that because otherwise we end up losing the light that he's called us to be. See, the reality is that we're the ones with hope. It's not the world, it's us. Yet how do we stay positive? How do we stay loving? How do we stay hopeful and not be conformed to the world? See, we can be conformed to the world in its values, but we can also be conformed to the world in its attitude. If we become fearful, we're being conformed to the world. If we become hateful, we're being conformed to the world. God's plan is something different. We don't want to be conformed to the hopelessness of the world or its anger. We want to actually be the opposite. How do we do that? Good question. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Turn with me, if you would, to uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Lord, we recognize our dependence on your spirit to lead us in truth. We don't know enough to figure it out on our own. And we say, Holy Spirit, we need you. Would you bring revelation? Would you just not bring understanding this morning, but transformation? In Jesus' name. Amen. From verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly. That just means wisely. Paying attention. Be careful how you walk. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, which simply means Take advantage of every opportunity. Don't waste it. Because the days are evil. That's what the Bible said 
Still does. That's what was written 2,000 years ago. It's not any less evil than it was then. Therefore, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation. That's a terrible word. It actually means wastefulness. Don't be drunk with wine, which is wastefulness, because you're not redeeming the time. You're not taking advantage. But be filled with the Spirit. Most of you would know that that's a continuous, a present continuous, which simply means continue being filled. Be being filled. Speaking to one another. It also could be translated to yourselves. You'll see why in a moment. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So am I actually speaking to you or to Jesus? You're not the Lord. So it's actually speaking to yourselves. It's talking about a heart attitude of worship. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you been thankful? Submitting to one another in the fear of God or the reverence of God. That's one sentence. We're gonna come back to that in a few minutes. But I read this, be continually being filled. And my first question was, but wasn't the baptism of the Holy Spirit sufficient? Didn't I already get filled? Why do I need to continually be filled? A friend of mine said a number of years ago, we need to continually be filled because we leak. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's biblical, but <laughs> there was a friend of mine who was at a gathering of prophets uh, quite a few years ago in England. So it's probably 25 years ago now. And as these prophets got together, they were talking about what is it that quenches the flow of the prophetic? And together they identified two things that they faced personally. And it was too much alcohol and too much television. Really, what they were saying is that we can become dulled and distracted. Why do we need to continually be filled? Because we can become dulled and distracted. Well, they're not the Bible. They too point us to something. In 1 Timothy, sorry, 2 Timothy, chapter one, verse six, Paul writing to Timothy says this, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Stir up, 
kindle afresh, fan into flame. In 1 Timothy, in chapter 4, verse 14, he says this, do not neglect the, that gift that is in you which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands. Do not neglect. Now, my background always had us looking at that as natural gifts rather than the gift of the Spirit. So maybe you have the ability to play a musical instrument. Have you let that slide? And do you need to stir it up again? But if we turn over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Sorry, 1 Corinthians was in my Bible earlier. From verse 5, he says this, And you are enriched in everything by him, in all utterance and all knowledge. He's talking about the manifestations of the Spirit. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Makes it very clear there, he's not talking about natural abilities. He's talking about something of the filling of the Holy Spirit. In fact, if you would go back to Acts, you would find 10 times in Acts, it talks about being filled with the Spirit. And in chapter two, everyone who was there was filled with the Spirit. And in chapter four, they were filled with the Spirit again. What, it didn't take the first time? They needed a top up. In chapter 9, Paul, in his conversion, gets filled with the Spirit. And in chapter 13, it says, Paul, again, filled with the Spirit. In fact, it, it's a word used to describe people that were used by God. Not filled with wisdom. Filled with the Spirit. Not having gone to Bible college Here's Paul, having gone to Bible college, was used by God. No, he was filled with the Spirit. So was the baptism of the Spirit not sufficient? I was thinking about this this week, and I want to put it in this light. We can understand it in terms of relationship. Just as salvation wasn't just a transaction, but by, through it, we entered back into relationship with God. We walk in that relationship. It wasn't just a transaction. When I got saved, everything changed. Yes, it did. But what it did is it allowed me to come back into relationship with God. In the same way, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a one-off event, but it's the initiation of an ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit, being full of the Spirit, walking together with the Spirit. It's a partnership. It wasn't just an event that I can tick off. Okay, here's my resume. I got saved. I got filled with the Spirit. I've gone to Bible college. I've done this. I've done that. Now, now I can be used. It's 
So let's go back to Ephesians 5. If I can find it again. Because it says something like this. Verse 18, continually being filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. I want to present to you this morning, I'm not sure that this is a result of being filled with the Spirit or the process. It's actually talking about worship. See, worship's more than a half hour or 40 minutes on Sunday morning. It's a life that's committed to honoring him. It's a life that's committed to intimacy with God. Do you want to be filled with the Spirit? Spend time with him. My wife's been away for two weeks. Terrible two weeks. It was wonderful that she got to hang out with our, uh, our grandkids and I was thrilled for her. And it was wonderful that many of you fed me. And I, and I appreciate that. But if that were the case forever, we wouldn't have much of a relationship. We did talk on the phone. You're not helping my illustration here. <laughs> If, if I were to say our wedding was similar to salvation, but then we never spent any time together, how much relationship would we have? Yeah, technically we're married, but what kind of intimacy do we have? What kind of relationship do we have? Salvation brought us back into relationship with God. We have this privilege of walking in intimacy with him, spending time with him, You see that in the garden when he first made Adam and Eve. And what did they do? They walked together and talked. Worship is more about God's presence and intimacy. What is your focus in life? Is it something else? Are you too busy to spend time with the king? Psalm 100, verse 1 says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord. That word can also be translated worship. With gladness, come before his presence with singing. There's something about worship. Coming into his presence is not the act of worship. It's not singing a certain song. It's the heart attitude that comes into his presence that allows us to stay full of the Holy Spirit. But then back over in Ephesians, he goes on and he says, singing, make a melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. There's something of thanksgiving. Psalm 100, verse 2 says, We enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. There's something of a heart attitude that says, I'm grateful for what God has done. 
I recognize every time I get in my car, I'm a bit pedantic this way. I thank God that I have a car to drive. I don't complain about my car. I thank God for it. You know, they say that if you have had a place to sleep last night and a car to get around in, you are more blessed than 90% of people in the world. Yet we can get focused on what we don't have and end up being grumpy and irritable. Let me tell you something, guys. This works in marriage as well. Uh-oh. Thankful for the blessing you do have. My wife and I are quite different. She, she puts up with me quite a bit because I tend to be very, when I make a sandwich, I get the mayonnaise out, I put it on the bread, and then I put the mayonnaise away. And then I get the mustard out and put it on the bread. And then I get the cheese out. She's just been gracious to put up with that for years. What I end up doing is opening up the refrigerator four or five times because every time I open it, I close it, and then I go put the mayonnaise. She's just been gracious. Now, she could say, man, my husband drives me crazy because of how he does that. Or she can say, Lord, I'm grateful that he remembers a lot of things. That he makes his own sandwich. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Go back to Melbourne. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm kidding. I'm grateful that he doesn't forget to pay the bills. See, we can be grateful or we can focus on what we don't have. How, do, how often do we do that with God? Are we grateful for the provision that he's given us? Or are we looking at somebody else and say, man, someone just won $2 billion in the lottery in California. How come it wasn't me? My, I, I joke with my kids and they said, Dad, you've never bought a lottery ticket in your life. So last time we were over in Melbourne, I bought one just so they couldn't say that. I didn't win, which just proved my point. It's a waste of time to buy lottery tickets. But do we say, hey, God, thank you for what I do have. There's something of that hard attitude when it comes into relationship with him that keeps us full. And then it gets on and gets really controversial here because it says submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. This is all one sentence. Be filled with the Spirit, worshiping, being thankful, and submitting to one another. Uh Uh-oh. Really, it's recognizing the Holy Spirit in each other. It's honoring and appreciating other people. It's recognizing we're not self-sufficient. I need you. You need others. There's 41 others in the New Testament. Why is it there? Because we need one another. 
If we're going to remain full, we need each other. It doesn't happen on our own. God didn't intend us to live that way. Someone said it's the, uh, the coal in the fire that's removed from all the others that goes out first. Think about that. We need one another. I just, we don't have to be the same. But I need the Holy Spirit in you. I need what God is saying if I'm going to remain full. It's the lie of the devil that says, hey, you don't need to connect with other people. Just me and Jesus. Yes, you can be saved that way, but let me tell you, you won't remain full of the Spirit. And what the world needs today is people full of the Spirit of God. People full of the Spirit of love. People full of the Spirit of hope. Not people who are angry and irritable. People who are full of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. People who are full of holiness. You know what the evidence of the Holy Spirit is? Holiness. I was joking with uh, Glenn and Diane this morning because he was telling me about having been part of the church that met here years ago and, and a speaker who had come and just a, a move of God and some guy was running a, along the chairs. And I said, so the, the new evidence for the move of the Holy Spirit in our church won't be people falling down and speaking in tongues. It will be Glenn running along the chairs. I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. Huh? Glenn said, no. Let me ask you. Would you say to God, Lord, would you fill me anew and afresh? Would you stir up the gifts? Some of you have actually moved in the supernatural in the things of the spirit and that has kind of dissipated would you stir up the gift see we can be passive and say God use me and God says stir up use me stir up being filled anew and afresh while it isn't an instantaneous one-time event can begin with a heart that says, God, I need more. I'm hungry, and I'm thirsty for more. Maybe it's more of what I've experienced in the past. But there is a humbling of ourselves, which is why we started where we did. There's a being an honest I was raised in a church, took me a long time before I uh, understood that we were dispensational, which meant that we didn't actually believe, the church didn't believe that there was the working of the Holy Spirit today. 
But I spent a summer teaching at a tennis camp on the other side of the country. I grew up in California. Two friends of mine and I, we drove across the country to teach at this camp. Uh, I was a tennis player in university. That was just an excuse to, to take a trip across the country because by teaching at the camp, they paid for our petrol as we drove across the country. And so I went there, but I had this desire, I'm going to have an impact for Jesus. And by the end of the summer there, I don't think I had much of an impact. People knew I was a Christian. But I got back, and I was in the dorm room at the university as school was starting. And I said, Lord, I don't care what they've taught me. The honesty is I don't have the power to be a witness. I need your spirit. See, there had been this argument in my church about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There was a mist of the charismatic renewal. Some people were being filled with the spirit and their life was being transformed. They were in love with Jesus. Their worship was taking off. And then some of the other side saying this was actually of the devil. And I was kind of, had friends on both sides caught in the middle. And when I got down on my knees in my dorm room, I was saying, God, I give up. I can't do this on my own. I need your spirit. Little did I know, I was actually just agreeing with the Bible. Amazing that, huh? What happens when we just agree with the Bible? But see, there's something about not just humbling ourselves, but asking. Jesus said this, you have not because you ask not. You don't have because you haven't asked. Have you said, Lord, would you fill me afresh with your spirit? And then thirdly, simply, spend time with him. Don't let the distractions of the world win out. Mary was away. And I, when she left, I said, Lord, rather than complaining about her being gone, I think this is something you're doing for her and for her kids. But Lord, I want to use this time to press into you. And I realized in the process that I can get so distracted by so many other things. The world needs people filled with the Spirit of God, not the Spirit of the world. I'm going to ask you if you'd bow your head. Would you simply pray in your heart, Lord, would you fill me afresh? I want to be full of the Spirit. I want to remain full of the Spirit. If the Lord is stirring up a gift, if there have been gifts in you, 
manifestations that have become dulled or distracted or the fire is waning, would you say, Holy Spirit, would you fan this in the flame anew? As much as it depends on me, I want to stir it up, but you're the one. I'm going to ask you if you'd stand. Usually I say this and you think we're about finished. We're not. (laughs) But I don't want you to fall asleep. As I was uh, going to bed last night, I was praying, Lord, if there's something else you want to add to this, if something you want to speak to me, would you speak to me in my sleep? And uh, I actually was joking with God, saying, would you speak to me while I sleep instead of waking me up and speaking to me, which usually is what happens. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit said that there's some people in this church who have a passion for praying for healing. And that God wants to to pour out his spirit anew and afresh on you. If that's you, I'm going to ask you just to come to the front. Some of you are involved in the healing rooms. Some of you aren't. doesn't matter. Just come to the front because we're just going to, all of us are going to pray for you. We need that stirred up. So just come and stand across the front. There's, There's no... Right or wrong, there's no, okay, that has to, I should have that gift. If you have that passion, you do. If you don't, you have some other. We'll get to that in a moment. But we're gonna start with this. And so I'm gonna ask all of us to just pray, and I'm gonna ask you guys to pray, Lord, would you fill me afresh? Would you stir that up? Would you release something of the supernatural? Not for me, not for my ministry, not for my name, but for your kingdom. Holy Spirit, would you come and pour afresh on these? Lord, we need one another. We need the anointing of your spirit. We need the gifts. And we just ask that you would stir up that again. Those who've experienced in the past, those who haven't, those who have a passion, it doesn't matter. But there's something of the, the need in this day and age, not only for us as a church, but for the world to see people that will move in the supernatural as confirmation of the gospel. Not as a, a ministry, not as a name, but as a confirmation. Lord, would you pour? Pour right now. Pour right now. A new and afresh. Stir up again. Holy Spirit. A new level. A new fullness. Lord, where there's been disappointments, would you wipe that away? Where there's been discouragement, would you wipe that away? Where there's been attacks, would you wipe that away? We just speak a stirring up again to those things, for those who've had it and those who haven't, that there would be a releasing. Lord, that there was with this a humility that recognizes we don't heal anyone, you do. But you use us. And so we simply make ourselves available. Holy Spirit, once again. Once again. Once again. In Jesus' name. Now those of you in the front, I'm gonna ask you to get in groups of three across the front, all the way from one side to side. You can figure this out. 
just get in groups of three, and then turn around and face the, the rest of the, uh, the congregation. Okay, three. Three? Come on, figure this out. One, two, three. Okay. These guys on the end, Darlene, if your group would move farther over. Deb, move farther over. You guys move farther over this way, please. I just want you to spread out a little bit. The other three here, spread out. Okay, if, if we have any left over, go into four. Uh, we got one left over, just join to four. Okay, now I want you together, turn around and face this way, and I want to say, if you're here and you've been asking God for healing, you've been praying and expecting God for healing, would you just come and let these guys pray for you? Okay. Guys, no pressure on you. You don't have anything except the Holy Spirit. But if you've been expecting, asking God, would you just come? Go to one of these groups. There's two more over here. And you guys just pray. Pray for the Holy Spirit to touch. Okay? We're praying for healing. We're not praying for anything else. Okay, when you're praying for healing, this is not a time for counseling. This is not a time to try and deal out every other thing unless the Holy Spirit shows you that there's some other issue there that needs to be addressed. But you're praying for the supernatural presence of God. All the rest of us, if... If this isn't your gift and you're still part of the, the church, will you just pray? There's something of a synergism as our worship comes together. There's also something as our prayer comes together. There's something of that fire being kindled. So Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you that you want to show yourself great. Lord, thank you that it's not dependent on the individuals praying but it's simply actually your presence, your spirit. Lord, we say, you fill us anew and afresh. Now, would you demonstrate that filling in Jesus' name? Thank you, Holy One. Thank you, Holy One. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, God. Let me just say to all the rest of us, if you continue praying, but if, if you get tired and you need to sit down, that's okay. It's not, it's not more spiritual to be standing. It's not like, okay, God only works through people who are standing up. Uh, I do realize that uh, it can be tiring to be standing for quite a while. But We're not quite finished, and so I'm going to let you be seated in just a moment. Uh, 
I just don't want to interrupt what God's doing here. I'm not sure how to facilitate this next part because in my mind it looked nice and clean, but it hasn't because the people who are going to be part of the next one are actually here praying and getting prayed for. So I'm just kind of stalling is what I'm telling you now while I wait for this to, uh, to happen. So if you'd just be patient with us, it won't go too much longer. Those of you who are praying, if you would... Uh, I don't want, to, want you to stop, but if you could pause for a moment, okay? If you come to a point where you can pause. But I want to just, because I believe God wants to touch some other people. And uh, I asked a number of people before the service started if they would listen to the Holy Spirit during the worship. And I asked them, I gave them a card and asked them if they would write down if God was speaking something uh, for us or something bigger, a prophetic word or a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. And so I'm going to ask those who I gave a card to, if you felt like God spoke something to you, would you just come now? Would you uh, come to the front? Come up here. Now you understand why I was hesitant, because one of those was Claire, one of those was Callum, and uh, Prue, did you have something? Did you get something? Okay, you guys just pause there. Let them pray, and you come. Now let me tell you what I asked them to do. Just, yeah, step up here. Did you have something? I, I asked them to write this down because I, I wanted them to hear God during the worship so they weren't influenced by what they heard in the preaching. Okay? So I would just give them a chance to share briefly what God was saying, and, and we're going to see. I'm a little bit nervous <laughs> because I have no idea and this is the last thing. So I'm going to start on this end with Paul, and we're just going to come right this way. I just want you to share what you felt God was saying. Yeah, it's being recorded. I asked the guys already. Um, I just got the word hungry today. Um, so I was reminded of Matthew 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Mm, very and good. Also, I had, I just felt, such a strong hunger to see God's hand to move in this place, to see healings, miracles, and people set free. Wonderful. Martha, it's a time like never before to know, the, close. to know the authority of God. Mm. And that comes out of relationship with the Lord. Because uh, that, that's what the enemy was, that, that's what happened in the beginning. That's what happened to the enemy. He was cast down because he knew that we were given authority. So it's a time to know him, inquire of his pattern, and I've just got love to, in, in the power of his spirit. Wonderful. 
I had two words, and that was new beginnings. Just as soon as uh, worship started, and felt the Father say, it's, it's not too late for new beginnings. That may be spiritual, but it may also be for someone in business. That was my sense. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm going to hold on there for just a second because I realize I don't want to rush through this because God's speaking something. And some of that is for us as a church, but some of that for some individuals. Uh, all I got was a, um, <clears throat> a verse from John uh, 13, 34 to 35. Um, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Uh, a new commandment I give you, uh, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Wonderful. So we shouldn't let politics or war or anything that's going on divide us from uh, or separate us from loving one another. Wonderful, wonderful. I didn't have my glasses or a pen, so I couldn't write it down. <laughs> <laughs> but... but, but <clears throat> Anyway, while we were worshipping, in the time of worship, their beautiful time of worship, you know, God just reminded me what I read this morning. I read in Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, it said, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being freely justified by by grace through the redemption of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, that was exactly what the worship was about. God was speaking to each one of us, you know, just reminding us that we're all sinners. You know, I, I remember the first time I ever heard those words. I was in a little house church, and um, I had the Bible in front of me, and I was very, very alienated in those days. I still am a bit, but anyway, that's okay. But I, I read those words, and they rang like a bell in my heart. It was actually like I actually saw myself in a mirror. That I was a sinner, you know, and, and and it was actually a really good thing. I was I was really glad because it, it sort of brought from the from inside of me into my from the was it the unconscious mind to the conscious mind a, a truth that I was a sinner and I knew that you know deep down inside. And I and, I, and <clears throat> but but the, the but the other other side of the story is is that you know God loves us so much mm. that even though we are sinners. And even though I'm still a sinner, you know, we, we all still sin, yet he loves us and he, he, he justifies, he makes us right with himself freely. It's a free gift by his grace, you know, because that, in riches of his grace. And as, as you get older, you know, you realise how wonderful God's grace is, how, mm-hmm. how rich it is. Covered by yeah. grace. Yeah. Wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. Wonderful. And there was something else, but I forgot about it. Yeah, what would you bow your head for a moment? If you're here and you've not actually come into relationship with Jesus, you've not recognized that you were a sinner and that his love, his grace is for you, you can this morning. His arms open wide. It's not about making yourself better. It's about humbling yourself and come to him and receive what he's done. Don't want you to, to leave 
without the opportunity of meeting Jesus. And so if there's something of God speaking that to you, I'm going to encourage you, grab someone, pray with them. Let them pray with you. In fact, I'm going to, going to go a step further. Steve, would you just stand over here? Just, if that's you, come over to Steve as we're dismissed, and he would love to pray with you. But God's speaking to some other people. There's new beginnings in other ways. There's a restoring, a stirring up. Some of you, God's saying, hey, there was something of his anointing that you've experienced that he wants to go not back to that, but beyond that. Lord, fill us anew and afresh with your spirit that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.